Camarda Wealth offers complimentary, that's free folks, portfolio reviews to listeners. Get us your statements and we will thoroughly examine your portfolio, give you opinions on the risk and quality of each position you own, as well as how wisely we believe the whole thing holds together and how efficiently it addresses your needs and goals. At the same time, we'll also opine on how protected your assets are from financial predators, your estate plan, tax savings opportunities, and otherwise we think you can cut risk, avoid probate, save money, and just plain get richer faster. Did I mention this service was free? Just call us at 888-CAMARDA. That's C-A-M-A-R-D-A, 888-CAMARDA, to set up your free portfolio review. Call now while it's on your mind, folks. I thought you were back with your Camarda Wealth leaders continuing the saga of Cigna, which is an insurance company that uh, Johnny, uh, who is our in-house chief technical analyst, <coughs> is very high on, uh, thinking that chart is indicating a very profound upward movement. Is that true, Jonathan? Yes. <coughs> all of the uh, buying criteria on our trading uh, for our trading accounts certainly uh, that meets all criteria. Which is really, you know, uh, um, the, a fairly rare uh, lining up of the stars for this portfolio. Most of our portfolios, we are fundamental deep value investors looking <laughs> to buy based on uh, the numbers, uh, the beans, uh, 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 if you will, you know, based on the financial metrics that we scrutinize and looking to buy stocks that we think are cheap um, in very real dollars and cents compared to their actual value. Um, whereas technicians look at the chart kind of regardless of the fundamentals based on momentum and if a stock you know is going up and up and the guy continues and that's you know an e it's a, it's a very respectable way of analysis but very often the twain don't meet it's kind of unusual to find both a very fundamentally strong and a very technically strong stock at least in my experience do you agree Jonathan uh, not necessarily I think I think that a lot of uh a lot of companies that are fundamentally strong, they go through cyclical valuation changes. I mean, it's sure if you're technically strong, depending on where you're coming from, you could be a, you could have a higher PE ratio. Uh, certainly, look expensive fundamentally, but I think if the growth drivers fundamentally are there, then there might be some substance. But certainly, you're right with a high flyer um, like a GoPro cameras or a Tesla, which has no fundamentals. Then you're absolutely right that there, there is a delineation. But if you have a company like Toyota. Uh, kind of pre-screening maybe for next week who looks really good and there's a lot of circumstances it looks great technically it's good fundamentally and it's being helped by nice fiscal uh, engineering over at East yeah, so that, you know, those are, and again as a fundamentalist myself by training and by inclination but when you see confirmation where the charts uh, that you know a cheap stock looks like it's finally taken off and, and maybe getting at cheapness I, I find that very comforting uh, and very exciting so we're very happy to have uh, Cigna and 19 other uh, brethren just like it in the Viking portfolio and uh, sadly that is uh, it's not the case uh, for every stock obviously it's a zero-sum game some stocks do well some stocks don't and we're about to get into the story of uh, one that we think uh, really should be avoided and uh, there's the there's the cue for the howler did you guys hear that okay do I need to turn that up Time to howl again with Johnny. Johnny, what's barking at you this week? Yeah, so uh, oxymoronically, it's urn, E-A-R-N, and we're not talking about ashes, uh, although we could be. Uh, it's Ellington Residential Mortgage REIT. Oh, and not just this Just REIT. the name makes me want to bark. Re or, or, yeah, REIT them, REIT them and weep, perhaps. Uh, of course, if we do get into that rising interest rate uh, environment, certainly a lot of REITs could be in trouble. Uh, because again, they generally perform in lower and dec I should say declining interest rate environments. This company here, though, uh, has started its tumult with an interesting-looking uh, hunchbacked uh, head and shoulders pattern uh, from November, December, and it's had a stiff decline from 17.6 uh, 
to about 16, which doesn't sound like a lot until you do the math. Um, and, and unfortunately, it does look like that we're going to have one of those unfortunate death crosses where the 50-day moving average, which is essentially you know, a little over a year versus your 200-day moving average, which is usually a little over two years data, uh, we're going to have a negative cross there uh, to the downside. And certainly increasing rates will not help us. Uh, Say it ain't so, Johnny. Not another death cross. Not another death cross. You just said it was a death cross. Uh, and yeah, just, no, you I, was know, just, I was just confirming what you were saying to try to help you out. And just, uh, just for clarity, uh, Ellington is a, uh, it's a mortgage REIT, right? So they basically invest in mortgages and, and related paper and not in physical real estate. <clears throat> And I'm not really sure. I haven't thought that through. Maybe you have a lot of background in this, uh, Moose. I know you've got a, a master's from uh, Warrington in real estate. Um, but, you know, the impact of rising rates on uh, mortgage rates, and I'm guessing uh, that uh, um, the value of the bonds would go down. You probably haven't got much refinance risk, but what's your take on it? you think that's one of the drivers uh, for the ugly chart here on Earn? Well, it could be. I think, you know, in, in reading about this group, you know, they look at certain sectors in the, uh, in the government-backed mortgages, uh, and they try to put on hedges against prepayment, and prepayment is generally caused by a lowering of rates. So depending on where they've bought in the yield curve, you know, if rates go back up, they're probably not going to have a very high prepayment rate. Uh, but there are other things that also scare me about this. I was telling uh, our uh, Jonathan that uh, they have a payout ratio of 112%. And if I remember correctly, Whoa. if I remember what that is, you know, that's comparing what that's they're That's worse than out. buying Earthlink, which still sells dial-up internet service. Yeah, that's paying out more than what they're <laughs> earning. Uh, so that doesn't leave much cash to Is keep Is it like the teacher's friend with a checkbook? If you don't actually write it down, you didn't spend the money? Yeah, it sounds very <laughs> similar. And the other thing that scares me, this is pretty heavily leveraged. So, you know, and they, they, you know, they're, they're looking at yields on a forward basis of 13 and a half, trailing 17.17, and they got quite a bit of debt. That would just scare the dickens out of me. Indeed. From a macroeconomic standpoint, very simplistic, but economically in a rising interest rate environment, I do believe favors borrowers as well. And since they're a lender, very simplistic, but uh, you have to look at the details, but that also kind of gives you an idea. Yeah, I wasn't able to, sh the, to follow you the, uh, the sophistry of that particular argument, but certainly the chart looks ugly. It's economically. Um, and the... Uh, right out of CFA. <laughs> Say what? No, it's right out, of, right out of my textbook. I'll have to put a line through that. You know, Jonathan, that's a great point. In fact, you know, a rising interest rate environment is, uh, is kind of tough to figure who the winners and the losers are. But I think most folks agree uh, that rising rates are really devastating for bond investors. And the longer you go out, the higher the duration. So you measure it of a bond, uh, the more risk that there is. And in fact, uh, we kind of saw rising rates coming. And that's because it looks like that's going to happen pretty soon with the, the recent um, uh, non-statements out of the Fed uh, a couple of weeks ago. I, I think it's very likely we'll see rates start to creep up mid-year. Um, and bonds go down. So we started repositioning our portfolios and our clients a couple of years ago to get away from uh, what people call fixed income or bonds into what we call traditional income, uh, which are uh, uh, attractive, relatively low volatility investments uh, that pay nice income but aren't as interest rate sensitive. And I'd really like to brag about integrated income again. I know we talked about this uh, last week or the week before, but integrated income, uh, which invests in, uh, in, in very short duration fixed income and then other traditional income things like preferred stocks and master limited partnerships, 
and REITs, primarily equity REITs and some other stuff, really had a great year. I mean, it's targeted in a low interest rate environment. It's target yield is about 5%. And for 2014, <coughs> it actually delivered 7.8, but 7.9% net of fees, uh, which really was uh, very attractive. I've got you know, a good chunk of my money, my short-term money there. And for folks that are looking for a very conservative portfolio, not guaranteed, but conservative uh, with uh, um, an attractive uh, yield history, um, that we've been very, very satisfied with that. Um, any comments on integrated income or um, any of the income portfolios? All right, good. So we got about a minute and a half uh, left in uh, in this segment, and uh, you know, one of the uh, another report that we're working on, it should be available on a new uh, website, um, is called uh, the Big Mistake: The Five uh, Things You Really Want to Avoid in um, in Choosing or Keeping a Financial Advisor. And we may get into a little bit of this after the break, uh, but the, those golden rules, those keys are, and we'll maybe talk and debate about this in a little bit, are number one, education, training, expertise. Do they really know what they're doing? Have they studied things that are important? Honesty, integrity, and ethics. Doesn't matter how much they know, uh, if you can't trust them. Reasonable compensation, <coughs> minimizing conflicts of interest, and the requirement to put your interests first. Hopefully we'll have a little time uh, to go into that as uh, we get back uh, um, after the break. But stay with us, folks. We're about to enter the most exciting, amusing, some say most educational and informative and intelligent segment of the show, and that is the market update with cousin Arnold Kamada and his many mostly mentally stable friends. Stay with Kamada. Well, we'll right. be back on Kamada Wealth Education Radio. Tell your friends. And by the way, if you want to listen to this show again and again and again, or you missed the show, or you just can't um, access it on Saturday at 12 or Sunday at 1, it's always available. Sunday at 2. Thank you, Rob. Sunday at 2. It's always available at our special website, wealthleader.org. That's wealthleader.org. Go back. Listen, all you can eat. Stay with Kamara. We're back with the final segment with Cousin Arnold in just about 60 seconds. Thank, Thank you. Kamara, Wealth Leaders Levity is intentional as we aim to be the car talk of financial radio, entertaining, hugely funny, and offering penetrating financial insight and rare expertise across a broad spectrum of wealth-related topics. We're dead serious about money, but we want you to have fun, too, and laugh all the way to the bank. Unlike many financial radio shows, this is not one long commercial or constant annuity pitch. I hate those constant annuity pitches. This is Wealth Education Radio, and we aim to share financial best practices that can truly supercharge your wealth. Do we expect some of you will want to become clients? Sure, but because the chemistry is right, and because you come to believe that the wealth leaders, that's us, can get it done better than your other choices. That's your decision, but when it comes to investing, we're fiduciaries. We put our clients first, and that's the promise you can take to the bank. For more information and free reports, call now at 888-CAMARDA. That's 888-C-A-M-A-R-D-A. Call now. All right, folks, you're back with the Kamada Valve Leaders final segment. I'm not Arnold. I don't even sound like him. I'm just sitting here week after week after week wanting to be a Arnold, an Arnold wannabe. You're more like a Hans. I don't want to have Hans. you up. Uh, the, uh, um, so the five keys to a great advisor, and again, if you like this report, which I'm writing now, it should be hot off the press in a week or two, go ahead and email me, and my email address is j at camarda.com. That's the letter J as in Juliet at C-A-M-A-R-D-A dot com, and I'll go ahead and make sure you get one of the very first copies. 
Uh, but uh, let's talk about education, training, and expertise a little bit. And I think we mentioned this on a show or two ago. I didn't really get into much depth. But uh, to be a financial advisor, and that term really has become a misnomer. Uh, it used to be if you were an advisor, you had to, to have a fiduciary obligation to your clients and be a registered investment advisor. It's kind of morphed so you know, every stockbroker, insurance agent, and bank clerk, it sounds like, is using the term financial advisor. But to be an advisor these days, actually, you know, uh, pretty much always, the bar is pretty low. The barrier to entry um, is remarkably low. And in fact, the licensing requirements to get the basic securities license, you know, a couple of weeks. When I, when, I, when I did it, it took me one week. I was a chemist, and I was able to get the Series 7. After studying for one week, I passed the first time. And the much less complicated Series 6 uh, probably doesn't require nearly as much study. You went from one sort of formula to another. Yeah. Anybody take a 6 lately, son? You've probably taken a 6 in the past 10 years, something like that? No, I had the 7. Did you? 63. How long ago did you take your 7? Three years, four years ago. And how did how long did it take you to study? A month? Um, well, I was with a company that put us through a program, but probably a solid week of study pro- would have gotten it. So, so you so you started with, so basically a week worth of study. And what was your your master's is in uh, leadership management, right? Right. Uh, so really, without having a financial background before you got trained by another firm, and then you have been immersed in this cauldron of continuing advanced education that we call the Camarda Experience. Uh, with your CHFC and now your retirement designation coming up, um, that about a week to get the hardest securities license there is. You know, and I remember when I first got mine back in the 80s and I heard another manager mention one of his rookie brokers just passed the test. You know what he said? He goes, you now have a license to steal. You know, that, that's a literal quote, which, wow. it, you know, almost revolted me. But the point is it's not very hard to get the license to be an advisor. The insurance license, when I took it in Florida, it was two weekends. You had to spend two Piece weekends. Cake in a bad oh. hotel room. Yeah, and, and maybe I, I studied maybe the night before and I passed the test the first time. So you know, I think a lot of folks think that to become a financial, like to become a doctor, if you're a doctor, you know you have to go to medical school, <coughs> a nurse is different than a doctor, a physician's assistant is different. If you've got an MD or a DO, that's a very serious credential, meaning you went to medical school and studied for a long, long time. It's very clear to know what a doctor is. Financial advisor to have that title, you've got folks like us that I think are incredibly well-trained. We keep sharpening so we really know a lot. But people really, from the outside, can't tell the difference between us and somebody that spent a week getting a license. Do you have any comments on that, folks? I know we need to move into the Arnold segment, and that'll be enough uh, on this for this week, but I'd like to hear your thoughts. Yeah, it is interesting um, that that's the case. As more people spend more time on Edmund shopping for a car, liability, uh, than they do certainly uh, immersing themselves in actually what type of uh, metaphorically medicinal background uh, folks uh, or uh, quacks in this industry. Uh, that, that was extremely illuminating. And I'd like to say that Jonathan is a certified financial planner, chartered financial uh, uh, analyst candidate, chartered financial consultant, uh, chartered life underwriter. Uh, you've got the coveted uh, certified private wealth advisor designation. Uh, you're a chartered market technician. You're a certified fund specialist and board certified in mutual funds. Did I miss anything, Jonathan? Uh, no, no. That's uh, You're bringing back the memories. So, uh, Rob, uh, tell us about what your take is on this whole education thing. And well, try to keep it to 15 seconds, please. Well, I'll, I'll just tell you this. There are a lot of people who don't have the educational requirement who sell product. And many times they'll tell a person to buy, in this case, an annuity, and they'll move money out of a security product, <coughs> mutual funds or stocks. And they're not permitted to do that. 
and the public probably doesn't even realize they, that. The, prob- they, they, the public had one of these folks last night in Ponte Vedra, the public actually had, they had annuities, and they thought that they were free. So we'll carry over after the segment, folks. Uh, stay with us. Actually, you know what? Winnie's going to blast right through this. No, I better not. We'll see you in about 30 seconds, folks. Stay with your Commodore Wealth ladies. I promise you, Cousin Arnold and his friends are coming right up. You're listening to the Camarda Wealth Leaders on WER Wealth Education Radio. The show is previously recorded. For private or on-air questions, to request free white papers or other educational materials, or to schedule a complimentary no-obligation consultation about today's or any other wealth matters, call us at 888-CAMARDA. Write it down now, 888-CAMARDA. That's C-A-M-A-R-D-A, Charlie, Alpha, Mike, Alpha, Romeo, Delta, Alpha, 888-CAMARDA. Call it now and keep it handy for wealth emergencies. All right, folks, you're back with uh, your Commodore Wealth Leaders of Commodore Wealth Education Radio for our final segment. Just to carry over from the previous segment about the annuity uh, salespeople, you really, really got to be careful. Uh, there's a lot of chicanery that's still going on, and as this, this profession and uh, evolves, it, it, it really it probably will take a decade or better uh, for it to, to really become truly professional, but there's still still in many ways the wild, wild west. But without further ado, all the way from Brooklyn to someone up there, maybe it was Queens, I can't tell you for sure, here's Cousin Vito Camarda here to get kick off the market update and to tell you what you shouldn't do. Vito, what's up? Actually, it's me. It's Tone, Jeff. I appreciate that. Now, Vito's actually in uh, Vail. Uh, I think he's snowboarding. So actually, we're going to go right to Cousin Arnold, who is not. He already took enough time off, and I think he's got a, a couple of guys with him. So uh, let's get started. I appreciate that, Tom. Here we go. Um, you know, uh, listen, I gotta, I'm not sure if I can make it all the way through the segment. So we'll start off uh, with really uh, how good things are looking globally. I mean, the early 2015 consternation of foreign stocks being the proverbial ankle around the uh, uh, U.S. equity market's uh, feet has given way to really essentially global equities hitting that fifth gear as they shoot into the market's left lane. This is important now because even as the U.S. equity markets have been winning the strongman uh, contest, uh, apologies to all you ladies and the CrossFitters because I'm in awe when I watch you on ESPN, so no letters, please. They need energy, no pun intended, from the foreign market to continue the upside. So the baton looks like it has finally slipped into the hands of inter- international markets, and hopefully they don't uh, they don't slip out. So the Dow Jones Global Index is breaking a five-month downtrend line uh, that has hit a three-month high in doing so. And what's happened is this is broad participation, uh, you know, confluence with the Ukraine timeout, breathing life into global equities. And right now you have a little bit more calming, dare I say, in the, in the oil market, providing much-needed relief to energy exporters. Think Brazil, uh, Russia, not so popular these days. Australia, not where I'm from, but Australia, and the, the, the Canada. Meanwhile, the dollar's taking a break and it slipped, uh, but only a bit, so don't get too excited, all of you greenback haters. Uh, meanwhile, I got my buddy in here. I'm losing my voice. Uh, you might have known him as Iron Mike. <laughs> not so much anymore. And, and, and here he is, uh, the, 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 the infamous Mike Tyson. Wait. Thanks, thank, thanks, Arnold. You're not looking so good yourself there, buddy. But meanwhile, listen, we've been hopping on the way to play European market rebound, and that's with a currency hedge. Again, to offset the erosion of gains when you convert foreign gains from a weaker currency into you know what has been a stout uh, greenback. So when you look at the difference between just a hedge international fund, like and I'm looking at uh, the HEDJ right now, it's tough for me to say, uh, just versus the... Uh, I didn't realize that, ba- that, but that boxes were so financially sophisticated, I never knew. And right, right, yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, and see, what you have right now is you've got to understand, and, and, and if you're investing in, in foreign equities, 
you got to take out uh, that weak euro because if you just buy an ETF that owns the eurozone, well, guess what? You're buying the actual euro as well. You just don't know it. So we're going to move on because been, we've been beating this drum for a while, actually, in small caps. Uh, if you look at the small cap 600 and the mid cap 400, they've been leading the way as they both outperformed the S&P 500 since the minor bottom of the slight correction ended in mid-October. Uh, moreover, <laughs> small caps have outpaced large caps 10 to 5 uh, over that time period, while mid caps not quite as impressive, but still 8.63 versus 5% over that time period. Okay, I'm getting the hook here, uh, so uh, we're going to hand it off again. It's, uh, I'm feeling a little under the weather, and uh, we're going to bring in our buddy. Uh, I, now, listen, I don't know where you stand politically. doesn't really matter. This guy's great, and he's straight out of the jaw. It's, uh, it's, cry it's cryogenic Ted, Ted Kennedy. Appreciate that. Before he comes on, obviously, being family uh, in the past, Ted Kennedy, love him. Uh, here we go. Ted, please, start us off. Errol, we appreciate it. Uh, in addition, the NASDAQ composite is also showing some momentum. Errol, the technology-heavy index is waking out of a holiday slumber is a good sign. As well, technology is very bullish, and when that sector does well, it bodes well for the economy and the overall stock market, Errol. Of course, you don't have to look far to see the performance led by Apple. There's Apple again. Never, never can be sunk for too long. Please, no, none of the no sunk references. All right, all right. <laughs> not falling far from the tree, okay? That was over the edge. Uh, I meant the apple, though, not the uh, era. And we'll move on. More importantly, notice the four and a half year downtrend broken by the Europe versus the S&P 500. They can't note it, they can't see it. Oh, all right. Anyway, listen, the downtrend has been broke. The longer term trend lines are broken. And you definitely need to look at euro as an option here as we go forward. That would be the euro zone. Era. Thank you. All right. Thank you, uh, Teddy and, uh, and Mike and who else? And Tony and whoever else is in there. And Arnold. Arnold. And the rest of you crazy, wacky guys, <laughs> you have survived yet another week of Commodore's Wealth Education Radio. Thank you so much, folks. And remember, call us if we can help you provide any of these educational materials, market updates, personal insight. If you'd like to be on the show, give us a call at 888-C-A-M-A-R-D-A. Stand by for our incredibly boring uh, required disclosure. See you next week, folks. Bye-bye. Jonathan Camarda is a certified private wealth advisor, certified financial planner, chartered market technician, chartered financial consultant, certified fund specialist, chartered life underwriter, and is board certified in mutual funds. Rob Shevlin holds an MBA from the Warrington Business School of the University of Florida. And Jeff Camarda is a certified financial planner, chartered financial consultant, chartered financial analyst, certified fund specialist, chartered life underwriter, and board certified mutual funds. He's also an enrolled agent admitted to represent clients with unlimited IRS practice rights, holds a Master's of Science in Financial Services, and is a PhD student in the American College's Financial and Retirement Planning Doctoral Program. Besides being Camarda's Chairman and Chief Investment Officer, Jeff is also a working research academic in Wealth Matters. The Camarda team is one of the most heavily credentialed financial advisors in the nation, including Dr. Tang Bui, our Chief Financial Analyst, also a university professor and working wealth research academic. Camarda Wealth Advisor Group offers private wealth management, including no commission portfolio management through Camarda Financial Advisors and other financial services as described in our boring end-of-show disclosure. 
Camarda Financial Advisors LLC is a security exchange commission registered investment advisor, which is compensated only by portfolio management fees. You may receive a tour ADV on request, which contains important background, conflicts of interest, fee, and investment philosophy information. Client accounts managed to the third party custodian on a discretionary basis. Camarda Consultants LLC is an affiliate providing other services, including the sale of insurance products compensated using traditional commission methods. Jack Camarda is a Florida real estate broker, and Camarda Premier Properties has commission and fee based transactional and property management business, which may present a conflict of interest. None of these are a law or accounting firm, and listeners should confer with their own legal and accounting advisors before deciding on a specific course of action. Third party advisor rankings rely on advisor supplied survey information and are not derived from independent research. The opinions expressed in the preceding program are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers, and may not be those of advertisers or broadcaster. When discussed, performance results are presented net of fees and reflect the reinvestment of dividends and capital gains. Not all performance periods may be discussed, and listeners should request complete performance information before forming opinions. Past performance but not be indicative of future results. Therefore, no current or prospective client should assume that future performance of any specific investment or strategy will be profitable or equal to past performance levels. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. Changes in investment strategies, contributions, withdrawals, and or economic conditions may materially alter the performance of your portfolio. Different types of investment involve varying degrees of risk. There can be no assurance any specific investment strategy will be suitable or profitable for any client's investment portfolio. Securities discussed on this program may be owned or trade by firm agents and principals, in firm portfolios, in firm client accounts, and listeners should presume that hosts have conflicts of interest with regard to discussed securities. Historical results for investment indexes or categories generally do not reflect the deduction of transaction fees or custodial charges or investment manager's fees, the presence of which would reduce the client's actual performance results. There are no assurances that a portfolio will match or outperform a particular benchmark. Asset allocation and diversification do not assure or guarantee better performance and cannot eliminate the risk of investment losses. Backtesting involves a hypothetical reconstruction based on past market data, of which the performance of a particular account would have been if the advisor had been managing an account using a particular investment strategy. Backtested performance results do not reflect actual trading using client assets, but were achieved through the retroactive application of a model that was designed with the benefit of hindsight. Backtested performance results have inherent limitations, particularly that these results do not represent actual trading and do not reflect the impact of material, market, or economic conditions, or factors that may influence the advisor's decision making if the advisor were actually managing the client's money. Backtested returns should not be viewed as indicative of the advisor's skill, as they do not reflect the results achieved by any particular client or the advisor. For information on additional date ranges for portfolios discussed on the program, please contact the host. Portfolio performance benchmarks are generally industry standard indexes, but vary depending on the portfolio discussed. For more information, contact the host.